Hello and welcome to This Shit Really Happened, the true crime podcast where we deep dive into the most disturbing, depraved, and downright gruesome true crimes in history. My name is Em. And I'm Autumn. And we are your hosts. And welcome back um, to part two of Those. the Toy Box Killer, David Parker Ray. I know I said this, I have this out like a couple days ago, but you know, we are. shit happens in life. You can't always, can't always account for things, you know, so... But honestly, though, like, this is our podcast, so, like, <laughs> we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> we can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> but we are here. We are back for part two of this case. That it, it doesn't get any better. There's no, there's no reprieve here in part two. Shit, just, like, it, we went from, like, 100, now we're going to, like, 200. Just a little recap. Last thing we talked about was that fucking homemade gyne chair. <laughs> the homemade gyne chair. Yeah, we talked about just, like, the whole toy box in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they they brought the FBI in on this because they're like, this shit is a whole lot bigger than we ever could have possibly imagined. And then, yeah, they found, like, those fucking, like, homemade, like, PVC pipe dildos and shit in the fucking motorized one. And then... Yeah, the fucking homemade gynecologist. Literally. With the mirrors on the ceiling. like Yeah, that's so fucked. He's like, not only am I going to videotape you while this happens, I'm going to put a mirror on the ceiling so you can watch what's happening the entire time. <laughs> like, what a fucking... He's literally and these like, two people, and the fact that this, his bitch is like, yes, let's do this dude, to other yeah. women. Bitch, are you okay? No, clearly not. She's fucking just as psycho as he is. Like, the fuck? The two of you deserve to get stabbed in your eyeballs. <laughs> well, uh... She got stabbed in her neck. Yeah, Cynthia Hill got her in the neck with the ice pick, but damn, too bad she didn't fucking kill her. Love and just desserts, man. Honestly, honestly, I, like, don't even feel like those types of people deserve to die. I feel like they deserve to be tortured. Yeah, right? I think they should have everything... Everything that they did to their victims, they should have done to them. But I also feel like they should be kept alive. Because I'm going to torture you, but I'm not going to kill you and give you the mercy like you did to them. Yeah, right? Yeah, no. You could just have everything that you did to them tenfold, and we're going to keep you alive the entire time. Mm -hmm. We're literally going to keep you alive the entire time. Oh, that reminds me of, like, this movie that, I don't know, came out, like, 2012. It's You might have seen it. It's called Law-Abiding Citizen. It's got... um, Fuck, I forget who. Gerard Butler is the is plays the main character. And it's about this guy who, like, um, a few years ago, before the events of the movie start, his whole family was murdered. Mm-hmm. His daughter and his wife were murdered during a home invasion. Mm-hmm. And he spends, like, years basically tracking down, like, the people who did it. Because, like, they took a plea deal. And so they only got, like... Like, it was two guys, and the main guy took a plea deal to put the other guy in prison, so he got out of jail in, like, five years. Um, And so, when the movie starts, like, Jared Butler's character has spent all this time planning how he's going to basically enact his revenge on the people who, like, A, the guy who did it, and then, like, all the prosecutors and stuff that resulted in this guy getting, like, a basic, like, fucking slap on the wrist for raping and murdering his wife and daughter. Mm. And, like... When he first kidnaps this guy, he, like, takes him to a warehouse, and he drugs him so he's not going to pass out from the pain, and he literally just, like, fucking tortures the shit. He, like, cuts his dick off. He, like, cuts his arms and legs off, like, fucking stabs his eyes out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 
yeah do it yeah <laughs> like, that's the kind of shit you just but then he kind of goes off the rails and like starts killing like other people <laughs> like yeah. he kills the judge that was like ruled on the case he like goes after the prosecutor and all this shit well, i mean he's mad that they didn't enforce yeah it's like i can totally understand like he's like an anti-hero basically in this movie because like yeah like yeah he's murdering people murder but like, them but like i kind of get it yeah like i low-key understand yeah like that's a really good movie. The ending mm-hmm. of the movie pissed me off, so I'm not gonna. I feel like the end of the, a lot of movies really fucking pissed me off. Yeah, I get why they ended it that way, but I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. That's why, like, I think like people like this should just be like put in solitary confinement because literally it's been like scientifically proven that putting people in solitary confinement like literally drives makes them, them go insane. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like. Fuck you. You get put in solitary for the rest of your fucking life. No mm-hmm. interaction. Go crazy. Fucking bite your own goddamn fingers off. Gouge your eyes out. Maybe. Torture yourself. Yeah. Torture yourself. Exactly. So, kitty soup. Oh, is she going to go in the bowl? She's going to be kitty soup. She's thinking about it. She's looking at it. <laughs> They're like, what do y'all mean kitty soup? <laughs> <laughs> She's getting in the bowl and turns She's into soup. in the bowl. Oh, yeah. Is she going to go for it? Do it. Go do it. She she knows we're watching. Oh nope, she's oh. up there. She's like, I'm going if to watch you over jump you. On me, I promise I you, I'm going to be. Pissed. Don't think she would. <laughs> she just likes to be. So the thing about cats, right? If they sit above you, it means that they feel that they are superior to you. And so don't make she, me stand up. <laughs> <laughs> she's up there. She's like, this is my rightful place. I am the queen of this home. And so she's standing up there on the race platform. Bitch, get in your bowl. Any mm-hmm. any cat owners who are listening to this, y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't. They I just, just have fucking Rollo. Rollo. Rollo's like just in a class of his own. He's. I have a Rollo. A Rollo. What kind of dog is he? He's a Rollo. <laughs> he's. He said, I have a bruise on my arm because of him. Oh my God. He's crazy. He shoved me because I didn't want to fucking pet him. <laughs> He's uh, a bitch. You don't want to pet me? He's like fucking 100 pounds. Bro, get off of me. He is a big guy. He's like, oh, she's soup. She's soup. And soup. <laughs> and girl soup. For anybody listening to visualize this, I have this big, like, multi-leveled um, cat tower. And on Insert the side cat. of it, <laughs> on the side of it, there is a, like, a bowl that they can lay in. And whenever they lay in it, I'm like, oh, are you being soup? <laughs> so. Because our cats are fat as fuck. <laughs> so they fill up the entire bowl. They do. they do. And the cat in there right now is Birdie, who we affectionately refer to as the Goyle. Mm-hmm. So whenever we see her in there, we're like, oh, it's Goyle soup. <laughs> or kitty soup. Kitty soup. Kitty soup sounds too much like titty soup. That's why I say I it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that good. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing to those cats? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We should really get titty soup shirts made. <laughs> Dude, I know. Like, I'm not even kidding you. I was on Custom Ink the other day, like, designing one. Were you really? Yeah. I was like, I got, like, a clip art of, like, a bowl of, like, steaming soup. And then, like, I put, like, the text, like, titty soup under it. So it would be, like, up here on the chest. And then, like, on the back in big letters, I put this shit really happened. I'm like, yo. <gasps> Can we please? Can we at least get some for ourselves? Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, low-key thing. I was like, Chris. Christmas present for auto? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm totally down to, like, see how much it would be to actually get those made. I'm fucking mm. wear that shit all the time. Same. I'd be like, yo, get it in podcast. A, we should shit. get it in a hoodie because it's going to be cold. That's true. I think, though, like, I don't know, because custom ink 
you got to do like if you want them cheaper, it's like bulk orders. Bulk, yeah. And I think for like the maybe hoodies, I'm gonna it's put like, on. I'm gonna make a post on Facebook really quick and just do like a poll. No, I could probably honestly get like my sister to make them for us for pretty cheap. Like if we bought the if we like bought the hoodies or something on like Amazon and like sent them to her. These people are probably like, why are you discussing your plans on this podcast? We'll talk about this later. <laughs> I'm just putting if Emily, I'm tagging you in it. If Emily and I were to make t-shirts for our podcast, t-shirts slash. Yo, rock the t-shirts. <laughs> why can't I? I don't know, man. But slash. So, yeah, you make that and I will pull up my notes because we're going to get diving into this. To recap, though, I'm sure. A lot of you hopefully would have listened to part one, but just to recap, part one, we talked about um, the kidnap and escape of Cynthia Vigil, who was kidnapped, and she was held captive for three days, and then she managed to escape by um, getting the keys when Cindy Hendy left the keys out on the coffee table. She grabbed the keys, she freed herself, she stabbed Cindy Hendy in the neck with an ice pick, um, ran to a neighboring house, they called the police, police came, um, they found David Parker Ray's nasty-ass toy box in the backyard. They brought the FBI in. And then Cindy Hendy hears that the FBI has been brought in on this case. Um, she panics. She knows she's about to be fucked. So she starts talking. Um, and that's where we're going to start. Part two is going over on Cindy Hendy's confessions and like all the shit she told police after she finally decided to start talking. So, additional trigger warnings for this episode. Um, Same things as last episode. What did you just do? The necklace ripped out my fucking baby hairs. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, trigger warnings for this episode. Same things. Discussions of kidnapping, rape, torture, sexual sadism, and murder. Um, The additional trigger warning for this episode as well is um, graphic descriptions of bestiality. So, um, that's what we're getting in for in this lovely part two. It's a little chilly in here. I know. I was thinking about putting the heat on. You got a blanket on. or something? There's... I'm refusing to put the heat on. I'm putting a blanket <laughs> blanket over me until at least October. <laughs> <laughs> There's blankets on the couch if you want to go grab one. All right, pause. Do, 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 do. I'm just going to go grab a blanket. Bird's looking at you like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I'm grabbing the Halloween one. Grabbing the hocus pocus blanket. Yeah, just bring in the sloth one. So that's my vibe. It's hocus pocus and sloths. That's what I be. Oh, God. Sorry for all the uh, scuffling in the background, peeps. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking. I know. So I went to TJ Maxx to look for this blanket, right? Uh They don't have any Halloween ones. It's all like. like It's all like Thanksgiving. Oh, God. It's all like Thanksgiving ones. Oh, well, that's fucking lame. I found that one in, like, a side aisle. Like, they didn't have it on, like, one of, like, the racks on the main floor like they usually do with their theme blankets. But, damn, that's unfortunate. Maybe they'll have- <laughs> I got a re- reply to, I posted on Snapchat, too. Uh-huh. And I included our podcast name. The response was Deaf Smart Podcast Name. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I was saying, like, definitely, comma, smart podcast name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. Bet. Start taking start taking a list of who wants one. Yo, hit us up on Instagram if y'all want a t-shirt. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so 
Let's, oh, I think somebody that followed the podcast followed me on Instagram the other day. Oh, that's nice. Thank you for anybody who does. I always feel so, like, special when they follow the... We got a couple extra Instagram followers. Like, I should, like, start writing them down and, like, shout them out on the podcast. Like, thanks for following the Instagram. We now have a whopping 86 followers on the Instagram. We're up from, like, 83. Um. Anyways, okay. Sorry for this long-ass introduction. Y'all know how we are. Um. Okay, so... Jumping back into this, we're going to get into talking about Cindy Hendy and all the shit she starts saying the police. So, oh, I forgot that that's where we were at when she starts fucking ranting out her creepy ass boyfriend yeah, person. Because she realizes that she is fucked and the only way that she's going to be able to save herself is if she rats him out. Mm-hmm. So they basically end up offering her like a plea deal. Like if you give us all this information, like we will, you know only give you, like, fucking 25 years in prison. Um, so, <laughs> you only get 25. Hey, that's, like, that'd be, like, 25 with the chance of parole. Because sure. if she goes in But, like, nothing, I also feeling maybe she shouldn't have that option. <laughs> uh, well, because they're looking at, like, their their big fish, right? Their white it's whale him. is David Parker Ray. Because mm-hmm. Cindy Hendy has only been involved in this in, like, the last, like, 10 years or so. But they know that he's been up to this for, like, 30 or 40 years. Because, right? remember, he kept those journals, so they know that he is the big bad. And so they're like, all right, we are willing to lose out on like a heavier sentence for Cindy Hendy if we can get David Parker Ray. Because like the question raises is would Cindy Hendy even be doing any of this if it weren't for David Parker Ray? Yeah. So he's the one that they want. Um, so getting into Cindy Hendy's confessions she tells police that from very early on in her relationship with David Parker Ray, he made it clear to her that he thought women were his property and that they existed solely to give him sexual pleasure. So this wasn't even like his girlfriends he thought were. He just thought women in general. Well, he can suck my ass. Also, drinks of the day. We don't have alcohol this time. Because it's coffee. early in the morning. It's 11.58 in the morning. <laughs> we, have, we have coffee and a Red Bull. Because <laughs> caffeine needed. I woke up like... I don't know. An hour ago. <laughs> I woke up and I texted you, but then I got forced into taking Rallo for a walk. Yeah. Because Rallo was like, we're going. Heard that story. <laughs> <laughs> so according to Cindy Hendy, like we talked about a little bit, David Parker Ray told her that he had been kidnapping, raping, torturing, murdering women for nearly 40 years before he had even met her. He even told her about his very first murder and she provided like, he gave her, like, details. It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I murdered somebody. Like, this was the first. Like, he gave her details, and she gave all of those details that she knew to the police. Mm. Um, she said that he told Wait, her. recap. They found the journal, or they haven't found the journal? They have the journals. Okay. Because they, at this point, they have searched his house, mm. and they have searched the toy box, and they pulled everything. Okay. So they know what he's been up to. They're just now getting, like, Cindy Hendy is basically just corroborating all this information by saying, Yes, like, I know about all these things, too, because he told me about them. Mm -hmm. So they're using her confessions, basically, to confirm that what they're... Because his whole thing is, like, oh, like, it's just, like, fantasy. Like, I didn't actually do any of this stuff. And then they've got Cindy Henny be like, yeah, no, like, he told me about it. And, like, he was very firm that he actually did this. (laughs) (laughs) So he told her about the first murder he ever committed. He said this was when he was about 19 or 20. He couldn't Mm -hmm. remember specifically. He had abducted a young school-age girl just straight off the street. He took her to a remote area where he then tied her to a tree, 
or he beat, raped, and strangled her to death. Oh my god, Carter, um, do you hear this? He's like, no, I have one brain cell. I don't know what words are. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. So there's no name given to this girl. He just said a young, like, school-age girl. Um, Did he kill her? Yeah, he beat, raped, and strangled her to death. Oh, okay. And pretty much just, like, left her tied to this tree. Um, Was she found? I don't know. I don't know. That's all the information we had on this one was he confessed to this. Um, At this point, it was like, so he was born in 1939. So when he was, what, like 20, it was 1959. Mm -hmm. And they get arrested in like 1999. So it's been years and years and years since this happened. So even if they did find her, like she's, you know, decomposed, dead. And he like just left her in like a remote area. And this Mm -hmm. is New Mexico. So there's weather, there's animals. They're probably never going to find her body. Even if it was true. And he could tell them where he left So her. when you say school-age girl, we're talking like his age or like younger? Um. Well, he was 19 or 20. So school-age, I feel like most people, when they think school-age, they think like mid-teens. Like 14 or 15. I don't know. Maybe just somewhere Maybe, in yeah. that range. Yeah. So, um, Hendy told police as well how much David Parker Ray had expressed to her. Like, he loved committing this murder. The first and, one? Yeah. He said, like, he had such a great time. Like, it gave him this amazing thrill that he's never had before. And it also had given him a lot of sexual satisfaction to commit this murder. He continued killing after this, but he decided that he was no longer going to strike at random. So this first victim was just a random girl he plucked off the street. So he now decides that instead of just taking random girls and random women, he's going to target sex workers. He felt that it was safer to target sex workers because nobody would miss them, basically. Mm-hmm. And they were already putting themselves in dangerous situations. So, like, we talked about this before, how a lot of, like, people who do these sorts of crimes will target sex workers because they feel like if a sex worker goes missing, like, nobody really cares. Yeah, I feel like that's why a lot... I feel like a lot of serial killers really just get started that way. Yeah. It's because of that, because sex workers, they think that they have no families mm-hmm. and no nobody that cares about them, and that's why they're doing this. Yeah, and, and, like, it's happened before where, like, sex workers have gone missing, and police are like, oh, well, how do you know that she's just not, like, with a John right now? Or how do you know that, like, you know, she's already put herself into a dangerous away, situation? Yeah. Right. Like, oh, is she, like, are they a drug addict? Like, they're living a dangerous lifestyle. It's not surprising that they're missing. So, like... Time has shown that when sex workers are murdered or sex workers go missing, it takes a lot to get police to, like, look seriously at those cases. Because they're like, well, they just, um, they just put themselves in a dangerous situation. So it's like, they're basically, like, blaming sex workers for their own murders and kidnappings, which mm-hmm. is fucked. Um, Cindy Henney also confessed that David Parker had a specific type. And he would only abduct women that he found attractive. So if he didn't think you were attractive, you were safe, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's a good time to be ugly. Right. <laughs> so he liked women of Asian or Latino heritage with dark hair and large boobs. That was his type. Asian, Latino, dark hair, big tits. Which well, like, you Cindy Hendy is not. <laughs> good thing I, I now have I now have two of them. <laughs> I'm gonna bleach my hair but it's so funny that like this was his type because like Cindy Hendy is none of those things like she's white blonde haired like 
It's just because she was murdery like him. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted an accomplice. Yeah, basically. It's just because she would do whatever he wanted her to do, and yeah. she was down with the get down. Uh-huh. No, that's exactly it. Like, he... That's why he, like, never did anything to Cindy Hendy either, because she was into it, and he didn't want somebody who was into it. Like, that's not what got him off. Yeah. He wanted the pain. He wanted the struggle. Like, he, right. Cindy Hendy probably be like, sure, she, cut yeah, me she open. Could, <laughs> she could fake it, but he would know that she was faking it. And, like, he mm-hmm. wanted real... Right. pain terror like that is what got him off so mm-hmm. he couldn't be with somebody who was into it because he's like oh like you can scream and fight but like i know secretly like you're into this like i am and that's that's not what i want fucking ugh, nasty ass man like so um we'll go back a couple of years to again the beginning of david parker ray's initial crime spree so before he lived in elephant butte he lived in fence lake new mexico where he owned a lot of farmland and he raised cattle so is New Mexico just fucking weird? Is everybody out there weird as fuck? Like, I don't I'm know. Confused. I've never been to New Mexico, and I don't want to make any snap judgments. <laughs> I really have For no any idea. If, if anybody who's listening um, lives in New Mexico, can you, like, go follow the Instagram and comment on this one and let us know what the fuck it's like out yeah, there? Yeah, tell us what's up in New Mexico, because we are on the other side of the country, so we literally have no idea. All I know <laughs> is my boyfriend always talks about fucking Albuquerque. I'm like, dude. He's yeah. like, oh, we I go heard, to Albuquerque. I'm like, why? Down in Albuquerque. I'm like, why do you want to go there? <laughs> why do you want to go there? I don't know. I like the name. <laughs> <laughs> I like the name. Oh, my God. I don't think he actually wants to go there. I think he just likes to say the name. Albuquerque. <laughs> and it is a fun word. Albuquerque is a fun word. It's just got, like, you know, a nice, a nice mouthfeel. Oh, of feel. course. Look who liked it. Uh, they just followed me on Instagram the other day. She did? Yeah. Um, anyways, yours or the <laughs> my pop- like personal Instagram. Um, so yeah, he lived in Fence Lake, New Mexico. He owned farmland and he raised cattle. He told Cindy Henny that when he lived there, he had actually been questioned by the FBI in connection to multiple murders that had occurred in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, the FBI had been tipped off that he was involved in a possible human trafficking and like slave trade operation. Him? Yeah, that David Parker Ray was involved in a sex trafficking or slave trade operation. Jesus. Um, And it's alleged that this tip, the people who contacted the FBI and were like, hey, like something's going on with this man. They think that it was actually his daughter, Jesse. Oh, I forgot he had kids. Yeah. He's got like, they're, they're adults at this point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basically um, the FBI were tipped off by his daughter saying like, you need to look into my father. Like these women are going missing and I think he's involved some way, but he was very proud of telling Cindy Hendy that he had basically, like, talked his way out of the situation. Um, he was full of shit. He didn't talk his way out. The only reason that they didn't pursue a case against him was because they could not find any additional evidence to pursue a case against him. Like, he didn't talk his way out of shit. <laughs> they just didn't, didn't have, like, they just didn't have enough to pursue a case against him. But, I mean, like, once he reported to the FBI, like, you kind of stay on their radar. Yeah, they're like, oh, this motherfucker. Yeah, weird. they're like, something's not totally right here. So when they're brought in for this case now, they're like, oh, yeah, like, we've, we've been You're going new. down, buddy. We've been knew that something was up with this guy. So, um, after this, he ended up moving away from Fence Lake. He didn't immediately move to where he lived in Elephant Butte. He kind of moved all around the country. And he would continue to abduct women in all these different states that he was moving to. He would use a fake police badge to assist in these abductions. Like, if you remember with Cynthia V. Hill, he, like, mm. flashed a badge at her. Yeah, because she and, thought that he was part of the... Yeah, exactly. Um, 
he told Hendy that he had killed at least 30 people over the span of these 40 years that he was moving about the country, abducting, raping, and murdering women. He said 18 of them had happened in Sierra County, where they were currently living, um, but there were also victims in Texas, Arizona, and Alaska. Alaska? Yeah, so he went... He went pretty. He went all the way the fuck up to Alaska. Why the fuck did you go to Alaska? Because it's remote there, and honestly, like people go missing in Alaska, and they're just like never, ever. Well, like, remind me to never go to Alaska, dude. Alaska is like one of like the worst states to live in as a woman. I'm okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't even want to visit. <laughs> never gonna go to Alaska. No, thank you. Like I'm really, I'm really okay. On yeah, it. no, it's too goddamn cold there, and I don't want to be in a in a state where it's like daylight for like fucking a, six months at a time. <laughs> no thanks. I like the dark sometimes. No thanks. You ever seen that movie Thirty Days a Night? That's the shit I'm not into. Yeah, no, vampires. Vampires. <laughs> vampires coming out. Yeah, I no. like Halloween, but not like all the time. Yeah, <laughs> no, right. I don't like that shit all the time. So Cindy Hendy also told police that David Parker Ray was incredibly careful when it came to removing any evidence or any things that could be used to identify his victims if they were found. So he would take like personal items from them on their jewelry, their like whatever it was. And that really correlates to remember they found over 400 items in his Mm -hmm. house that belonged to neither him nor Cindy Hendy. Mm -hmm. So these were just things Mm -hmm. that he'd taken off his victims over the years, like personal items, jewelry, whatever. He even told Cindy Hendy about how he had once dumped a body in a ravine, covered it with dirt, and then later decided that he wanted to go back and take the woman's skull as a trophy. What the fuck? Um, But when he returned to the body, he said there was like a large animal standing atop of it. And he took that as a bad omen. And he left, he left the body there and just like walked away without taking his, his skull trophy. He's like, oh, there's a real big animal on top of it. I probably, probably shouldn't go near that. It's a bad sign. I'm like, I wish I you like, went up to it and got fucking right. <laughs> like, you are a bad sign. Like, come on, dude. I wish he would have still tried and got fucking mauled to death by whatever animal it was that was over that body. I hope it was like a fucking bear and it just like tore him apart. If only. If you only. got some real breathing problems, dude. Hey, Carter is a heavy breather. He's a big guy and he <laughs> heavy breathes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he is. He built different. I was gonna say something, but I forgot. Well, maybe I'll come to you. Oh, 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 oh! I wanted to say this before I forget again. Okay, for for the week of Halloween, because Halloween falls on a Monday, so maybe we should post one on Monday. Oh yeah, we should do. We should find a Halloween serial killer. I don't know if there's a serial killer, but I do know a case of one that like revolves and takes place on Halloween. That we could talk about. We should do that one. Cool. I'll keep that in mind. All right. Bet. So, back into it. We, I talked in last episode about how David Parker Ray was, like, pretty handy. Like, he liked to tinker around and, and make things. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of the things that they found in the toy box were, like, DIY and handmade. Like, the gynecologist chair he had made and himself. fucking, fucking motor dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the motor dick. No. <laughs> that could be another t-shirt <laughs> motor dick motor titty dick. soup and motor dick people are like what the fuck is this podcast <laughs> shit oh my god titty soup. we gotta make some plain ones too just like this yeah shit just like regular happened. just like mm. oh i don't even know if there's anything that we say often in this podcast that we could put on the i just feel like we bring up titty soup a lot i, yeah, I know that's <laughs> is wrong with us. <laughs> now it's going to be motor dick. Many times. <laughs> motor dick. No. 
<laughs> oh my god. Okay. So, for example, a couple things that they found in the toy box that David Parker Ray had made himself, along with what we've already talked about, there was <laughs> also hard. like a DIY like spreader bar. So he would basically like it would go around like the ankles or like, like in fucking the Fifty knees. Shades of Grey when yeah. he puts it on or flips her around, flip her over. This one is a little less yeah. This consensual. One's a little more, yeah, this is a lot less consensual. Um, so not only was it a spreader bar, but he had also put um he had built it so if she tried like his victim tried to close her legs there were spikes on the side that would just like uh, dig into the insides of her and thighs. And also that one dildo that had the um. Yeah, that's I have, a, one that, I have a I have a audio clip that I'm gonna play for us and for everybody listening. Did it have like nails or something on it? it? Yeah, he like melted nails into the base of of this giant uh. ass PVC pipe dildo. Um, he also had a DIY like Freddy Krueger glove. What the fuck? Yeah, with like the fucking finger knives on it. He made one of those. Um, I can only imagine what he was doing. With that. I don't even. Wa- I don't even want to imagine what he was doing with that because nothing good, nothing good. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and then we there could was do that as a shirt too. What, oh, the, what fuck? the fuck? <laughs> no, see, I feel like that. That is something. <laughs> what the fuck? But well, you have to put the ash- asterisk. No, yeah. we can put fuck on a t-shirt. Right? Yeah, we can just you got to put like the random because you know like how on like Twitter and shit like people just like write words with like random like emphases and like mm-hmm. things over the letters capitalize the u yeah like what the fuck <laughs> you gotta say it like that what, what the, the fuck <laughs> so we could yeah we could do that um yeah then along with these other little diy things there was that dildo made out of a huge pvc pipe and it had not only was there like nails embedded in the base but there were inch markers on it so um I have Let's see how much of this you can take. No, that was literally like exactly it. First of all, you weird motherfucker. You weird <laughs> ass motherfucker. What the fuck? So not ew. <laughs> you're, ew. You're just ugh. <laughs> That's honestly like I'm out of words to describe just how fucking mm. disgusting this man is. So they And just, the fact ugh. that your bitch was like sure. Yeah, that's another level of, like, fucked in the head that I can't even mm-hmm. comprehend. Like, y'all just fucking dirty. You're grody. You're gross. Like, you are the human embodiment of, like, the fucking, like, sludge that just, like, grows on the bottom of, like, a fucking porta potty Like, you're nasty. <laughs> you're nasty. You're not a porta potty They're sludge. fucking gross. They're disgusting, I'm just, sludge shit humans. All like, the t-shirt ideas are just popping in my head. We'll save them. We'll talk about them later. <laughs> porta potty <'Cause> sludge. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what I have now to play for you guys is a audio clip from the documentary that I watched on this case. It is one of the detectives who he's basically going through, like, the evidence room that the police have. Mm-hmm. And he is, he pulls out this PVC pipe dildo and he, like, kind of describes it and mm-hmm. says what David Parker Gray could have possibly used it for. So, I will play that. What the fuck do you think he used it for? <laughs> I know. Theoretically, we think he could have used it for this. Bro, <laughs> you saw the homemade gynae chair. The you gyne- saw the fucking motor dick. You saw all these fucking dildos. In fucking different contraptions so he could rape these girls and sodomize them. What the fuck do you think he used it for? Uh, they're like, 
Theoretically. <laughs> Theoretically, <laughs> he might have used uses. it for this. <laughs> but really, it was just wall de- decoration. <laughs> so this is about a 30-second clip. So if any of you guys listening are like, yeah, I don't want to fucking hear that shit, um, skip like 30 seconds like from now. Because I'm going to play it. All right, here we go. And then he had the dildo fashioned out of, uh, looks like a plastic pipe, actually. These are nails that have been uh, melted into this plastic collar, and this would be inserted in her vagina or anal canal. And he would work it and work it until um, he could get it all the way in, and then they would have these spikes here. They're going to go in, you're going to get poked, it's going to be very painful, and rip their inner thighs out. So, yeah, that was your face right now. (laughs) Rip their inner thighs out? Yeah, so he would, like, because you saw how, Mm -hmm. like... Because not only are there spikies that are going to stab you in your cooch, there's spikies on the outside of that thing. Yeah. That is going to literally rip your thighs. Yeah. Like, you can't close your legs. You can't try to fight it. Because if you do, like, he's probably got the spreader bar, too, to just Mm -hmm. a keep things spread and that's got fucking spikes on it and then you gotta deal with this fucking thing that also has spikes on it so like the i just like can't imagine the kind of pain that these poor women would have been in like it's just it it's out of the realm of what i can mentally comprehend it's so fucked too because like all I keep thinking about is that he had a girlfriend that was down for this. Yes. Like, not even just down for but, like, actively, like, fucking into it. Like, they're helping you yes. with all of this bullshit yes. to other women. You are a female. Yeah. And she didn't even fucking care. She was like, ooh, like, I get off on this shit, too. Like, yeah, oh. he was fucking bad, but, like, so was she. Like, honestly, I would even say that she was fucking worse because, like... Like you said, these are other women. Like, like what the fuck? fuck? I don't care how. B- I literally don't give a fuck how bad your childhood was. I don't care. No, uh, uh-uh. like I can have sympathy for the person, the child you mm-hmm. that had to go through that. Mm-hmm. But there are people that come from shitty childhoods all the time, and they don't fucking do this shit. No, there are like, people that have shitty childhoods and then come out on top. Literally, like... They're, they're literally, like, rich as fuck and, like... Yeah, fucking make something of yourself. Like, nope, instead I'm gonna of turning into this. Oh, God, they're fucking disgusting. Poor potty sludge. That's what Nasty they are. Nasty Fucking whores. Oh, God. So, <laughs> uh, I just, like, ugh... I know the next audio clip that I have, and you're not fucking ready for it. I'm so, I'm gonna apologize in advance. Oh god, <laughs> this is where the maybe on, maybe we should that? go take a shot real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little, a little yet yeah, of fucking, you know, put some hair on your fucking chest. Literally. Get ready for this. I uh, remember how I put a trigger warning for bestiality in the beginning mm-hmm. of this. This yeah. is where that comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> So, Hendy's cooperation revealed even more about the sadistic shit that she and David Parker would do to their victims. They would force their victims to look at themselves being mutilated, that fucking mirror on the ceiling. They would also shove them into this wooden contraption. I might have talked about this in part when I don't really remember, but in the toy box there was, it was basically like, like a like a triangle almost like a pyramid Mm. so there was straps for arms there was straps for ankles and there was a strap that would go over their back and so it kept them physically bent over so what they would do is they would put their victims into this contraption 
So, and then they would fucking invite, like, friends of theirs and acquaintances over to rape these women. And they would also, um, David Parker Ray had two very large dogs. And they would put these women into this contraption and also allow the dogs to rape these women as well. That's fucking, that's so fucked because, like, as a human being, you that's know like what you're cruelty, doing. That's, animal cruelty, too. Yeah, because as a human being, like, rape, not okay, but you know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, you are fully aware that you are raping this person. As a dog, that's dog why I know this is what like, the fuck is going animal on. cruelty. Right. They have no sense of, they're a fucking dog. Literally. Like, what the fuck? They don't know what they're doing. And so, to force an animal to do that, mm-hmm. that's fucking animal cruelty. And people, like, that's why, like... BCL, like you can get arrested for that because it's considered animal cruelty. Ugh. Fucking, it's so disgusting. And like, he was not, remember we talked about that audio tape that he had? Mm. This was something that he like described in detail that was going to happen to them on that audio tape. He would, this was like the victim's introduction to, this Mm. was like, they would wake up and he would play this tape for them immediately. Like, mm-hmm. Cynthia Hill, she mm-hmm. was getting strapped on that mattress in their living room. And, like, as she was coming to, like, this is the, the tape that he played for right. her. So, I do have the transcript, like, a dramatization. <laughs> I'm just trying to, like, dull the sound of Autumn opening her Arizona. Um, so, again, for anybody listening, I'm sorry, Autumn, you don't get to opt out of this. But <laughs> For anybody listening, um, this clip is just about two minutes. So if you're not into hearing David Parker Ray, this is a dramatization of his tape as well. This is not his voice speaking this because I can't stand his fucking voice. He sounds. I kind of want to hear it. Well, I'll play it for you after because I gotta okay. find. I gotta find um, the actual tape recording from him. It's in, like, the documentary a little bit, so I could probably What's just... What's the documentary on? Is that on it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. So, um, that's how I watched it. I just pulled up on YouTube. But Maybe this is a dramatization of somebody reading... You can find the full transcript online. So, this is somebody just reading this portion of the transcript. So, again, trigger warning for graphic descriptions of bestiality. So, if you don't want to hear this, please go ahead and <laughs> skip forward, like, two minutes from right now. Sometimes I like to put on a little show that you won't like at all. You'll be taken into the living room and put on the floor on your hands and knees naked. Your wrists, ankles, knees, and hips will be strapped to a metal frame to hold your body in that position. The frame is designed for doggy fucking. Your ass up in the air, sex organs exposed. Your tits hanging down on each side of a metal support bar. Knees spread about 12 inches. Position similar to that of a bitch dog in heat. Right in the middle of the floor so we can sit on the couch and chairs and watch. I'm going to rub canine breeder's musk on your back, the back of your neck, and on your sex organs. Now, I have three dogs, all of them male, because I don't need any fucking pups. One of them's a very large German shepherd that is always horny, and he loves it when I bring him in the house to fuck a woman. After I let him in the house, he'll sniff around you a little bit, and within a minute, he'll be melting you. There's about a 50-50 chance which hole he'll get his penis into, but it doesn't seem to bother him whether it's the pussy or the asshole. 
His penis is pretty thin, goes in easy, but it's about 10 inches long, and when he gets completely excited, it gets a hell of a knot right in the middle. Now I've had slaves tell me that it feels like they got a baseball inside them. Doesn't take long. He's going to hump you real fast for about three or four minutes, and while he's doing it, he'll wrap his front legs around your chest and hold himself in position. And in the process, he'll probably scratch your tits up a little bit. All right, we're going to cut that shit off right there. <laughs> That's the most fucking disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. What's crazy? I feel bad. Like, yes, obviously, I feel bad for the women that he are, he's subjecting, subjecting all this to. But, like, what did the dog do to you? Literally. Like, these, just any living thing that he comes into contact with, he just fucking destroys. Like, this poor fucking dog. Like, what the fuck did the dog, what did the dog do? It's, oh, God, and the fucking, like, details he goes in. Like, what a sick motherfucker. Honestly, somebody should bend him over and let somebody do that to him. That's what I'm saying. Give him the fucking same treatment that he did But we're not subjecting no more fucking dogs to it. We're gonna, he can have that dildo with the spikes. Yeah, give that to him. Shove that up his fucking ass. See how it feels, bitch. But make sure you put a fucking baseball at the end of it. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Like he Shove that right up his fucking ass. And actually, make sure you cut another hole in his fucking gooch and <laughs> shove it up there. <laughs> the gooch. Not the gooch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this man, like, I just, I know that there are fucking depraved human beings so on this planet. Is this guy still alive or no? No. Um, I wish somebody would have marked him in prison, but he just died. Um, Damn. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, So in addition to keeping these women captive, um, David Parker Ray would also take like multiple photos and videos of his victims while he was doing these things to them. And Cindy Hendy did corroborate Cynthia V. Hill's statement that David Parker Ray took multiple photos of her while they Mm -hmm. had her captive and that he also showed her photos of his other victims. He was extremely meticulous in destroying evidence. So he would only keep photos of his victims for a certain amount of time before he destroyed them. And then he would take a new victim, take a whole new crop of photos, and then destroy some old ones. So he would keep cycling them out. So even, again, if he got caught, like, there was no way to really trace the amount of victims he had because he didn't keep, like, back stock of things. Yes, he kept these very meticulous journals, but, like, it's just writing in a journal. If they don't have any, like, other physical evidence to corroborate what he's writing in these journals, then, you know, he can make an argument like, oh, like, it's just fantasy. Like, these are just my fantasies. It's what I think about, mm-hmm. which is fucked in and of itself. But the police can't be like, oh, well, we can confirm that this is an actual victim of yours because we have photos of her. Right. Or we have a video of her. So he was very, unfortunately, very smart in that way that he destroyed a majority of his evidence that he would keep. You know, photos, videos, whatever, he would destroy it. Mm-hmm. So at first, Cindy Henney tried to claim that she did not play any part in the kidnapping or the rapes of the victims. But she did later cop to it that she did play a hand in abducting and torturing the victims. She also said in February of 1999, she helped Ray take a woman named Angela, who they later released. And they just, like, let her go on the side of the highway. <laughs> like... They're like, all right, we're done with you. Bye. Okay, bye, see ya. See ya. Peace out. 
Um, while Cindy Hendy is talking, David Parker Ray. So David Parker. Did they Ray, bring up the girl that the friend person that? They, I think this is her. The one that they just let go. Yeah, on the side I'm of pretty her. sure this is the same mm-hmm. person. So some sources refer to her as Angelica. Some refer to her as Angela. Um, I think yeah. Here I have her listed again to go in a little more in depth as like what happened with her and like why they released her. Because mm-hmm. yeah, this was like the acquaintance mm-hmm. of. David Parker, or Cindy Hendy, mm. the one that she felt, like, kind of bad for after, like, they had her for a couple days because she knew this woman. Yeah, this is, they're one and the same. Mm. So, while Cindy Hendy is talking and she's giving police all these details, David Parker himself, he's, he's staying quiet. He's not telling police a fucking thing. So, he talked a little bit in the beginning when he was first arrested when they were trying to spin that story that Cynthia V. Hill was a heroin addict that they were trying to detox but after police called bullshit on that and arrested them for, like, this kidnapping and the rape and the torture, he he shuts up. He doesn't give them anything. So police actually tried to approach David Parker Ray's coworkers and his boss for more information. But when the police came to him, like, his boss and his coworkers, they were shocked to find out that he'd been arrested. Like, his boss even put him on paid administrative leave when you he found that, out. Yeah, yeah because... He was just so certain that David Parker Ray could not have done these things that he was being accused of because he had such this different persona at work. And I, I know we talked about this in part one. Like, his coworkers really liked him. Last year's killers are super charming. Yeah, like, that's that's definitely a thing that a lot of, like, these psychopaths, they, they have no, like, real feelings or empathy, but they can fake it very, very well. Mm-hmm. And David Parker Ray was able to fake it very, very well. In the documentary, they did interview one of... Ray's co-workers, he talked about, like, how kind he was, um, and he showed them that they even still had some of the tools, like, that David Parker Ray handmade, like, they still had them, and they still, like, would use them on the job. They still had the truck that he drove, and the co-workers like, oh, yeah, this was Dave's truck, and they had, um, like, his welding mask, too, that had, like, his name on it, They're like, oh, yeah, this was Dave's mask, like, they still kept all this shit. It's like, why? Fucking burn it. Burn it. Burn it all. So, yeah, they were like, no, he was a real cool dude. If you ever needed anything, like, he was the first one to offer to give you a hand. Like So that way you really had no clue what he was actually doing. Yes, that's exactly, that was his exact MO. He's like, I'm going to have this perfectly split life. I'm going to have me and my work persona, and then I'm going to have who I actually am as this sick fuck who goes home and tortures and rapes and murders women Yep, in my toy box. The police also even tried to use David Parker Ray's son, um, Dave Jr., as a way to try to convince David Parker Ray to confess. But Dave Jr. actually refused to, like, turn against his father. Like, he just said he couldn't bring himself to do it. Like, they didn't have a great relationship, but he's like, you know, like, this is my dad. Like, this is not, like, the man that I grew up knowing. Like, it's really hard for me to to turn on him, which I guess I can kind of understand. Like, at the same time, man, like, come on. (laughs) Like, bro, Come on, man. You just saw... Probably saw all of those fucking pictures and got shown all of the shit that he was doing. And yeah. you're going to say, but that's my dad. But that's my, and, like, they didn't even have that great of a relationship in the first place. Like, I could understand, like, if you had a really great relationship with your parent mm-hmm. and you find out that they're, like, and you're a serial like, the killer. Fuck? And they're, like, it just does not coincide with, like, the parent you had mm-hmm. or you thought you had. But, like, man, you're probably being shown indisputable evidence that your father's a sick fuck. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sit there and be like, I can't do it. Like, familiar relationships would only go so far for me. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, mm, you're screwed, buddy. Yeah, I'd be like, mm-hmm. as as a woman, um, 
get fucked. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I'd be like, you're disgusting. You're literally disgusting. You're a disgusting, trash human being. You are no longer my dad. Literally. I disown you, and I'm going to help them put you in fucking prison. For the rest of So, after news of Cynthia Hill's abduction um, hits the media, and the arrest of Ray and Hendy hits the media, um, we have another victim who comes forward to tell police about the ordeal that she had suffered at the hands of Ray and Hendy. And this is um, Angelica. Okay, I was about to say, it's the Angela, yes. Angelica, whatever her so, name is. So, yeah, I'm going to call her Angelica right now because that's what I have in my notes. So I'm so sorry if her name is Angela. Um, but she was a former resident of Truth or Consequences who frequented a lot of the same bars that Cindy Hendy did. So that is how they met. And like it. Hey, hey, Amanda. <laughs> Great, we're going to need you. <laughs> yeah, right? I know we're going to need you. <laughs> I'll call her after this and be like, hey, you know how you like that uh, Facebook post? You want to actually make the shirt for us? Um, but yeah, on the night of, it was Wednesday, February 17th, 1999, Cindy and Angelica were hanging out at a bar when Cindy invited her to come back to her house, basically just, like, continue the party. Mm. Like, at this point, like, they're acquaintances, they know each other, and so Cindy's like, oh, yeah, do you want to, like, just come back? Like, the bar's closing, we can have some more drinks, like, at my place. And Angelica's thinking, like, oh, cool, like, we're friends, we're just gonna go, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna extend our night a little bit. So, when they get to the home, Angelica is immediately ambushed by David Parker Ray, where she is taken and she is shackled to that mattress that they have in their living room. Um, Angelica was held hostage for four days, all the time which Cindy was helping David Parker Ray rape and torture her. So the entire time, Angelica was begging for her life. She was telling Cindy Hendy and David Parker Ray that she had a small child. Like She's like, please, like I won't say anything. Just like let me go. I have, I have a kid. And it was Cindy who eventually broke and convinced David Parker Ray to let Angelica go free. So they took her and they dropped her off on the side of the highway. So they're like, all right, peace. Don't fucking say anything. And at first she's like, I won't say anything, I and swear. She didn't. No, the first and thing she did is like she's she starts hitchhiking, right? Because they just drop her off in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. Is she clothed? Um, I think she is clothed. I think so. Okay. I want to say that she is, but I don't know for sure. Um, I, I would hope that they would clothe her before they just dropped off on the side of the highway. Especially if they don't want her to say anything. Right, exactly. Like, if you don't want to be suspicious, you better don't put some be clothes suspicious. on her. Don't, don't be suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> um, so when she was hitchhiking, she actually just happened to get picked up by an off-duty police officer. Mm. So she tells him immediately what happened, and he doesn't believe her. He thinks that, like, she's on drugs or some shit, like that she's a sex worker, and he picks her up, and he just drops her off at a bus station. Be like, here, you're at a bus station, get yourself home. She does call police again later to tell them about the incident, but there was absolutely no follow-up done by the police on this one. Sadly, um, two months after Ray and Hendy's arrest, she actually died of heart failure brought on by pneumonia. She was only 28. Mm -hmm. So she unfortunately didn't have the chance to see them go to prison. She didn't get the chance to testify against them, unfortunately. Um, But the one thing that they had now from her coming forward again, they had her story Mm. and it matched up with records that they found in the toy box. And like this was one of the things that really convinced the police that there could be a lot more victims out there that they didn't even know about. Mm. So the FBI decided to actually release photos of some of the items they found in the toy box to the media. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of the photos, there was actually a young woman. She had blonde hair. And the thing that she had was a very distinctive tattoo mm. on her leg. 
So they released this photo and they were hoping that somebody out there like would either see it be like, oh, I know that person or that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually also found an entire video depicting some of what David Parker Ray did to this woman. Um, in the video, she is naked. She is strapped to that gynecologist chair and he's basically just like circling her and he's like touching her arms and touching her thighs and testing her restraints. And the entire time, like, she's, like, she, her head is rolling side to side. Like, she's very clearly drunk. something, Like, yeah. she's barely conscious because she gives little to no reaction to, like, Ray touching, basically taunting her. Mm-hmm. Um, the police sent the still, like, this is, they took a still from that video. That's where the photo came from. Mm-hmm. And they had it enhanced. Mm-hmm. And the image of the tattoo, that's what they released out to the media. Again, hoping that somebody was going to come forward to identify themselves as the woman in the video. Because it was a pretty distinctive tattoo. So, that woman was supposedly still alive? They they were hoping so. Or at yeah. least maybe if somebody saw the tattoo, like, because mm-hmm. it was a very like distinctive a family. tattoo. Right. Like, like a family member would be like, oh, that's exactly. Like, oh, like, oh, I know that tattoo. Like that, so and so. So that's what they were hoping for. Like, if she was still alive, you know, maybe. <laughs> you know, I wish like we had a camera on this so everybody could just see like these absolutely ridiculous cats that I have. Like, they're Carter is being a ham right now. Cheeky Carter, I'm bit. trying to talk about torture and murder. It's not ham time. He's like, it's always ham time. Oh my god, he's such a big boy. <laughs> So, actually, shortly after the FBI released this photo of the tattoo, a woman did come forward. This was then 25-year-old Kelly Van Cleve, who was a friend of David Parker Ray's daughter, Jessie. Oh. She came forward because she saw a picture of the tattoo, but she had zero recollection of ever having gone to David Parker Ray's house. Oh. She's like, but that is my tattoo. And she's like, I don't understand how the FBI has a photo of my tattoo. Mm-hmm. So she comes forward. Dude, she's your like, tail on the mic? <laughs> Carter's tail ASMR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so she basically asks the FBI, she's like, how did you get this photo of my tattoo? Mm-hmm. And they tell her that the image came from a video they had found in David Parker Ray's toy box. So she doesn't remember getting abducted, nothing. No, she remembers nothing. Um, she had a lot of difficulty trying to remember what had happened to her in Ray's toy box, but that's the thing with like memory suppression. Mm-hmm. Once it's brought up again, you're like, you oh, start, shit. you start getting bits and pieces back. Mm-hmm. So she said before she was contacted by the FBI, she would actually have nightmares. And in these nightmares, she was strapped to a table, handcuffed or duct taped, but she couldn't understand why mm-hmm. she thought that she was just having nightmares. Mm-hmm. But after speaking to the FBI, she's like, these aren't nightmares. These are memories. Mm-hmm. And so she. So your daughter's friend. What the fuck? Yeah. Wait for that. It's going to be some more of that. Um, the FBI continues their search of like the toy box. David Parker Ray's belongings. Um, and this is when they find the thing that explains how Kelly doesn't remember what happened. Oh God. And what they find is that tape. Oh, God. Yep. And on the tape... Oh, the hypnosis. Yes. There you go. Connecting dots. So on the tape, David Parker Ray actually explicitly explains how he was going to drug his victims to force memory loss upon them. And he describes it on... I actually have the um, little transcript that I'll read to you. Mm -hmm. So it says, quote, I've devised a safe alternative method of disposal. I had plenty of bitches to practice on over the years, so I pretty well got it down pat. 
and that I enjoy hurts. doing it. I get off on mind games. After we complete, after we get completely through with you, you're going to be drugged up real heavy with a combination of sodium pentothal and phenobarbital. They're both hypnotic drugs that will make you extremely susceptible to hypnosis, autohypnosis, and hypnotic suggestion. You're going to be kept drugged a couple of days while I play with your mind. By the time I get through brainwashing you, you're not going to remember a fucking thing about this little adventure. You won't remember this place, us, or what has happened to you. There won't be any DNA evidence because you'll be bathed and both holes between your legs will be thoroughly flushed out. So sodium pentothal and phenobarbital, they're typically used as like pain management, but they can cause significant memory loss and amnesia in certain like quantities. Mm. So having been drugged like this would fully explain the holes in Kelly's memory. But also like what about the physical injuries? What do you do about those? I don't know. Because that one thing has nails on it, bitch. Yeah, I mean, she probably just, I'm pretty sure they just, like, dumped her somewhere. And she just, like, probably woke up and was like, what the fuck? Because she can't remember anything. Mm -hmm. So she's like, what the fuck did, like, I just go on, like, a fucking bender or some shit? But, Mm -hmm. like, the whole point is, like, yes, you might realize something happened to you. But but you don't remember what what, nor who did it to you. And that was the whole point of this. Like, he didn't give a fuck if his victims knew that they'd gone through something. He just wanted to make sure that they... Didn't remember them. Didn't remember... Exactly. Didn't remember him and didn't remember Cindy Hendy. So, the FBI explained, actually, like, fully to Kelly what had been done to her. Like, Mm -hmm. both her captivity and the drugging. It was found that Kelly was released three days after Ray had first abducted her. She she never went to police because she didn't know what happened to her. Mm -hmm. She's like, um... I know I got into some shit, but I don't know what. I don't know if this was done to me or, like, like mm-hmm. I just went on a fucking bender. So right. she's like, I can't go to the police because I, what do I tell them? I just right. woke up and I had all these bruises on me. They're going to laugh in my fucking face. Mm-hmm. Um, after she spoke with the FBI, this is when Kelly starts to recall more and more details about her deal, right? Because now mm-hmm. they're, it's being pulled up from her memories, being mm-hmm. dredged up. And she's like, oh, my God, like, I, I remember now. Mm-hmm. And she starts to remember, like, what the inside of the toy box looked like. Like, she can give them details. They can corroborate with the video. With the video. And she remembers also begging David Parker Ray to just let her go. She doesn't recall being given any food or water over these three days. Um, And she was only let up from the gynecologist chair when she needed to go use the bathroom. She remembers Ray using all different kind of toys on her. And she says all of which were incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is where her memory right. kind of stops. Because as a coping mechanism, like, your brain is going to block out. All of that. It's going to block out very, very traumatic things. So she remembers some specific details that she can confirm. Like, she wouldn't know what the inside of the toy box looks like unless she, cause they didn't release. Unless she was in it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't release any photos of the inside of the toy box. Mm-hmm. Like, so she, how is she going to know what it looks like if she was never in there? So... They were, the police were very, very grateful to have Kelly as a witness because now, like, like the Cynthia Hill could be a witness to them, but what they questioned was, oh, the issue that arises with both Kelly's story and Cynthia Hill's story is their credibility. Because Cynthia Hill, remember, she admits that she's a heroin addict and she's a sex worker. Mm-hmm. And so that all right there is going to be playing against them. So the police are like, we need to have a strong case as possible. So they're going to bring Kelly in. Kelly is going to be their star witness. But the biggest concern they had was the gaps in her recollection. Mm. So the prosecution, they wanted, they wanted more. Like they had David Parker Ray's journals. They're like, there's gotta be more out there. Like this is 
40 years worth of victims. Like, mm. we gotta be able to find somebody. Yeah. Um, and, like, due to the lack of people coming forward, the lack of known survivors, like, the prosecutors basically fear that, like, Ray just murdered all of them. It's like, 40 years worth, and you, we've only found two, two people at this mm. point. I mean, notwithstanding Angelica Montano, yeah. three people at this point, over 40 years of him mm. doing this stuff. Um... As prosecutor Jim Yantz put it, he says, quote, if you believe what David said on his tape is true, that he rapes and tortures women, there's no reason not to believe the other parts about killing women and disposing of their bodies are also true. So they're thinking, fuck, like he, he just murdered all these women. This is why we can't find survivors. Mm -hmm. So whether the case was going to be a murder trial or just a trial for the kidnapping, torture and rape of Kelly and of Cynthia, Mm -hmm. This was going to depend on whether or not they could link him to the actual murder of these victims. Mm. And how did they do that? They need bodies. Yeah. So this starts the search for bodies. Um, I mentioned in part one that David Parker Ray, he lived very close to Elephant Butte Lake, mm. which was 43 was miles long and 200 feet deep. Mm. And this was the largest body of water in New Mexico. He also had a map of the lake that they found in his house. And all over the map were hand-drawn X's. So they're thinking, all right, this is where he dropped bodies. Mm. So he actually owned a large sailboat with, like, depth-finding equipment. So he could just skim over the lake and he could find the deepest spots on Mm. this lake to drop a body. Mm. Um, The police launched two to three, like, full-on dive missions, like, with professional, like, scuba teams, like, forensic teams to just dredge this lake. Where were these accidents? Imagine that were. being your job. Yeah, I scuba dive to find bodies. That is people's job. Yeah, they do do that. There's like, people oh, who like have that's Loki scary, but Loki cool as fuck. Right? <laughs> I I don't like that. Mm. The first couple times you probably find I'm a, a body, bo- you're probably like scarring. I'm a I'm a body scuba diver. I'm a I'm a body scuba diver, and like bodies and water, they get bloated. Ugh. And like, cause you you know how your fucking fingers prune up if you're in water for long enough. Could you imagine that just all over your body and big and bloated and probably picked apart by fish and other aquatic animals? And your body's filled with fucking rocks and other shit. Yeah, yeah, because he would cut them open, mm. scoop out their insides, put like cement blocks in them to sink them. Mm. Um, so they did launch these two to three full-on dive missions, but they were not able to locate anything. That would, not even bones? No, they found nothing. What the fuck? They said they were not able to find a single thing that would definitively link David Parker Ray to murder. Um, and as a park ranger, he also had access to the entirety of Elephant Butte State Park. Mm. This is where he could hide bodies in locations where they might not be stumbled upon for months or even years, mm. on top of being fully exposed to the elements and the animals in the desert. Right. Um. So police searched caves, they searched holes in the ground, mines, wells, lakes, like everywhere they could have thought that he could have possibly dumped a body. But they found nothing. What the fuck? They found absolutely nothing. So with no bodies to be found and witnesses whose stories could easily be called into question by Ray's defense team, the case that the prosecution has, it's admit it's weak. Like, they've got a lot of circumstantial evidence based off what they found in the toy box and based off, like, um, Kelly's story and Cynthia's um, confession, or not confession, on, what's the word I'm looking for? A story, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> that she gave to, or testimony, that mm-hmm. is what I wanted, mm-hmm. that she gave to police. Like, they have something, but there are things that can be called into question. Mm-hmm. Um, and though he was incredibly smart and meticulous, in getting 
rid of his evidence, getting rid of his bodies, whatever. There was one thing on top of Cindy Hendy that David Parker Ray did not account for. <laughs> and that was a confession from another former accomplice. So all this hits the media, right? Mm-hmm. The arrest, what they like, you know, found in the toy box, all of this. Um, and Kelly, at this point, she's still talking. She's trying to remember, like, all the details of what happened to her. Um, she couldn't quite remember what had happened after she was drugged, but she knows exactly where she was before on the night she was abducted. Mm-hmm. So Kelly and a few friends, they had gone bar hopping around Truth or Consequences, um, and they ended up at a bar that was kind of on the outskirts of town. And it was at this bar that Kelly met up with one Jesse Ray, a.k.a. Dave Parker's daughter. By the end of the night, they had been drinking together. Jesse had offered to take Kelly home, like back to her house. Kelly's house, I mean. But instead of driving Kelly home, Jesse took Kelly to her father's home in Elephant View. The daughter was in on it? The daughter was in on it. What the fuck? Yup. Yep. What the fuck? Yep, Jesse Ray, she was in on it. Oh, these fucking hillbilly fucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yeah, the daughter. It was the daughter. It was what the daughter. The girl, that's your friend. Yep. Yeah. What the fuck? So Kelly recalls, she says she remembers sitting on David Parker Ray's couch when suddenly a knife was held to her throat. Um, a dog collar was strapped around her neck and handcuffs were placed on her wrist. So after Kelly gives them this information, they immediately go and they arrest Jesse Ray for her role in Kelly's abduction. Um, and it was found that Kelly was not the first person that Jesse Ray had lured back to David Parker Ray's house. Oh, this bitch. We can fight. <laughs> we can fight. We can fight. Come see me, bitch. Smacked up, you rat, bitch. Come see me, bitch. <laughs> I'll fucking fight Where you. Where are you at? You, you, 40, you like 40 years old now? Bet. <laughs> I'll fucking kick the shit out of you. <laughs> Um, so in July of 1997, which was a year after Kelly's abduction, Jesse's friend, who was 21-year-old mother of two, Marie Parker, she went missing from the same bar where Jesse and Kelly had met on the night of Kelly's abduction. You said it was whose mom? Um, she was. She had two kids. Oh. Her name was Marie Parker. Oh. Um, Marie had left the bar around midnight to actually go home quickly to like, check on her kids. Mm. And by the time the bar closed at 2 o'clock, Marie still had not returned to the bar and her car was still parked out front. Um, a patron of the bar had mentioned that they had seen Jesse Ray follow Marie out when she left that bar around midnight. And nobody had seen or heard from Marie Parker since that night in July of 1997. So police decided to question David about Marie's disappearance, but he just straight up, flat out denied even having any knowledge of who she was. Um, and the FBI were like, we know you had something to do with this, but... Again, they didn't have any evidence to concretely pin her disappearance on him. So, but like what they did know was on the night of Marie's disappearance, Jesse Ray was at this bar with a friend of her father's named Roy Yancey. So they're like, hmm, we're going to have to talk to Mr. Roy Yancey because they immediately suspect as well that Yancey is an accomplice of David Parker Ray's also. How the fuck does he finally get people that are fucking in cahoots? <laughs> I don't know, man. How do, is there like a serial killer 
like, like a meet secret up club? network, right? <laughs> like a secret network of psychopaths. Like, what are y'all doing? Are y'all like Reddit? How do y'all something? find each other? Y'all like 4chan? Do you just like casually bring it up? Do you, is there like spidey senses? <laughs> you just have you have psycho senses. You just know when there's another fucking psychopath in your mind. You're like, hey, you look like you kill people. <laughs> you look like you kill people. So please, we are friends now. <laughs> we are friends now. You like to murder. I like to murder. Let's be friends. Murder. Mer-dare. That could be another one with every other letter capitalized. Murder. Murder. <laughs> so please go and they question Roy Yancey, and Roy Yancey's statement just blows this case wide open. Yancey confirmed without a doubt that David Parker Ray had spent decades on kidnapping, torturing, and killing women. So now they have Cindy Hendy confirming this, and they have Roy Yancey confirming this. He also confirmed that Marie Parker had indeed been a victim of David Parker Ray's. She'd been abducted, tortured in the toy box over the course of a few days. And when she wasn't being tortured, she was shackled to a cot that was then actually pushed into like this big like lock box that was contained in the side of the wall in the toy box. Um, at the end of Yancey's confection, confection, wow, <laughs> confession, he stated that Roy had instructed him to kill Marie Parker. Oh. Um, he confessed to strangling Marie to death, and he said that he was threatened by David Parker to keep quiet last Yancey wanted to end up dead in the ditch as well. So police were really hoping that Roy Yancey could lead them to Marie Parker's body. Mm. And Yancey said that he knew exactly where they had dumped her. He said that he and Ray had driven Marie's body out to a remote part of the desert Mm. and they had rolled it down a ravine and then covered it up with dirt, basically, Mm. and just, like, left it there. Mm. Um, Yancey was very specific about the location of his body. He's like, I know exactly where it is. Mm. So police were like, this is perfect. Like, we can find a body. Like, he knows where it is. Mm. They were hoping that if they could locate Marie's body, it would lead to, like, a domino effect, hopefully them finding more and more and more. Right. Because now they have, like, a confirmed dumping ground of his. Right, so maybe there's others. Right, so they're hoping they might find, like, bones, more remains, whatever, and they can, Mm. like, match that up with the information they have in his journals. Mm. Um, They spent nearly a week searching for Marie's body, but they were unable to find it. They... What they believe, because Roy Yancey was like, no, like, this is the spot. I know this is where it was. What they think probably happened was David Parker Ray returned to the body and relocated it. Because now he knew where it was. He didn't want somebody else to be able to do this. Exactly, because he's like, usually I'm the only one who dumps these bodies. Like, I don't like the fact that Roy Yancey knows where this body is, so I got to come back and I got to move it. And police are like, what the fuck at this point? Because they're like... He's somehow always one step ahead of us in this game. Mm. So they're getting frustrated. Um, Roy Yancey, he ends up being found guilty of second-degree murder for the murder of Marie Parker, and he's sentenced to 20 years in prison. You said Roy was? Yeah, Roy Yancey, because he was the one who confessed to actually strangling her. Mm. Um, So, yeah, they get him for—they give him a plea deal because he gave them the information he willingly confessed. Mm. Um, And so he's sentenced to 20 years for second-degree murder. I believe at this point in time you can—couldn't— convict somebody of first degree murder without a body so he's automatically up for second degree oh shit so he probably got the maximum for second degree murder like as they could have yeah. given him at the time but yeah because they didn't have a body they can't they can't convict him on first degree murder so we are getting in now to the trial of david parker ray directly so the entire time like ray is maintaining his innocence like even after yancey's confession even after kelly's story all the information they have he's like i didn't do i didn't murder anybody not me so it wasn't me clearly it was roy (laughs) clearly it was roy yancey he did it 
Um, unfortunately, though, with and my daughter. <laughs> my daughter, my fucking nasty ass daughter. Ah, oh, fuck her. <laughs> so, without any bodies, like we talked about, police could not actually charge David Parkery with murder. So they were adamant Fake. that they needed to do everything in their power to convict him of what they knew he did, which was the kidnapping, rape, and torture that they could actually prove in court. So his trial began on June 29th, 2000. Um, Kelly Van Cleve was the prosecution's star witness. And it would be up to her to tell her story and convince the jury that David Parkeray had kidnapped, raped, and tortured her. Um, Kelly didn't want to go to court. She didn't want to testify. She did not want to face David Parker Ray again, but she and his crusty ass daughter, his crusty, and his crusty ass girlfriend. <laughs> but they they were not being tried at the same mm-hmm. time that he was. Mm-hmm. So this is him, and like they had separated his and Cindy Hendy's cases, so they mm-hmm. would not be tried together. Um, she didn't want to face him, understandably. So she's now after how many years, like two years, remembering what. What happened? What happened to her? I mean, I get not wanting to testify, but how are you not wanting to help put this person behind bars? This is, she didn't want to do it, but Mm. she did it because she did not want him to be able to harm another woman again. Right. So the reservation she had, she's like, I was scared, Mm. but I could not live with myself if I did not testify and if I let him be out and he did this to somebody else. So she was like, I had to do what I could to save these other like, not only to save future victims, potentially, but, like, avenge past victims. Right. So, while she testified, like, this courtroom is relatively small, so he's sitting only a couple feet away from her. And this was the first time that he, <laughs> that she saw him since he'd held her captive. And she recalled, quote, he was just sitting there with a smug look on his face, and it pissed me off. He acted like he was totally innocent, and he had done nothing wrong. I didn't want to cry and let him know how much he hurt me. I didn't want to be his victim, but that was difficult. So she testifies to what she can remember happening to her in the toy box. But Ray's attorneys, they attacked her relentlessly during the cross-examination. Of course they did. Um, according to his defense attorney, Lee McMillan, the defense's point of view would have to be that Kelly wasn't a credible witness. And therefore, she should not be believed because she couldn't fully remember what happened. And Ray's story was that Kelly came to his home willingly. They'd had some beers and then she Yeah, no shit, because your daughter was her friend, (laughs) you fucking dummy. Yeah, he's saying, so she came over consensually, we had some beers, and then she had consensual sex with him. And the sex became kinkier as she stayed longer. And when they were done, he cleaned her up and he sent her home. Um, She recalls, Kelly recalls, that it was like the lies that Ray was saying about her that were like the most difficult part with her. She says, quote, I could have faced David without the lies. Because he's basically, like, they're running a smear campaign against yeah. him pretty much. Um, the defense basically argued that Kelly was just feeling um, like remorseful and embarrassed about what she had done with David Parker right in the toy box. Um, however, the defense's story was like contradicted by David Parker Ray himself on that audio tape. Mm-hmm. He says verbatim on the tape, quote, you are obviously here against your will. You'll be raped thoroughly and repeatedly in every hole you've got. So he's saying on this tape, like, you are not here by your own will. It, yeah, it <laughs> blows my mind that the defense is even trying to do that when they have the tape that says that. Yeah, but here's the thing. Kelly, she could not remember if David Parker Ray had played this tape for her or not. So... The ruling judge 
in this case, no. ruled that the tape was not relevant. Subsequently, oh. the jury was not allowed to hear it. Bitch, you should have just fucking lied and said that you fucking heard it. <laughs> she is under oath. You're not supposed just, to lie. Just, just, it doesn't matter. He did it. You remember. Say he played the fucking tape. <laughs> So it was this suppression of the audio tape that was a huge, huge blow against the prosecution's case because the jury wasn't able to hear the extent of the preparation and the planning that David Parker Ray went through told in his own fucking voice. Like, even... I can't imagine being a jury person and seeing the toy box and hearing all of the other testimonies of the other people, not only just hers, because I'm sure they brought up the other girls, not just her, Mm -hmm. and thinking... Oh, yeah, she was there and just wanted to be kinky. Yeah, yeah. And that was his daughter's friend fucking her dad. Right, <laughs> like, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, even though they couldn't use the tape, the prosecution did have, like, one major piece of evidence, and this was the videotape that Ray had taken of Kelly, barely conscious and strapped to that gynecologist chair in the toy box. Mm-hmm. Um, the I'm sure de- the defense was like, oh, yeah, she decided so to take some drugs. This is what the defense says about that tape. They say in the tape, Ray, he's not beating. He's not harming Kelly in any way. He was actually touching her very gently. And she could also move enough that being tied down would not have been painful to her. What the fuck? So that is what the defense goes with. I, f- I just want you to know that if you're a defense attorney, I understand that's really where the fucking money is. But you're a piece of shit and you belong in hell with the people that you help. <laughs> So, after a two-week trial, the jury goes into deliberations. The judge required a unanimous decision from the jury. He said, you all need to be unanimous to convict this man. Mm. On July 13th, 2000, the jury announced their verdict. Some of the jurors did not believe Kelly's testimony, so Ray could not be convicted, and they had a hung jury. (laughs) So for those jury jurors that decided that she was incredible, fuck you. <laughs> Thankfully, though, the decision was made because they have a hung jury, they can retry the case. Mm-hmm. So prosecution requests a different, fully different jury mm-hmm. and a completely different judge. Mm-hmm. And they get it. Good. They get what they what they want. Mm-hmm. Kelly was reluctant to go through with the trial again. Mm-hmm. But again, she told herself, she's like, I need to do this mm-hmm. to stop him from being able to hurt anybody else. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's traumatic, like, when you're, because t- you have to tell your story over, over, and, and, over, over and over and over again. So she's being re-traumatized every mm-hmm. time she's telling the yeah. story, and she just had a whole jury of people not believe her. Yeah. Um. So the retrial began nine months after the original trial ended. The prosecution, they received a huge boost this time, when this time their new judge rules that Ray's tape was relevant. Yes. And allows the tape to be heard. mm mm-hmm. Um, the tape was incredibly convincing to the mm-hmm. jury, but a huge duty still fell on Kelly to tell her story and also, again, convince the jury that she had been kidnapped, raped, and tortured in this toy box. Mm-hmm. Um, on April 16th, 2001, after a week-long trial, the new jury went into deliberations. And it took them just five hours to come to a unanimous verdict. You're guilty, and either, bitch. That's either a good thing <laughs> mm, or, or a bad, bad thing. thing. <laughs> so... This jury, they found David Parker Ray guilty, and he was sentenced to 224 years in prison. Yeah, bitch. So, in a deal with prosecution, David Parker Ray gave up his right to appeal. Mm. Um, and in return, he made this deal so Jesse Ray 
would not be put on trial for her own involvement in Kelly's abduction. So she could, she got the fucking walk free. Cause again, yo, Jesse Ray, cause I know you're probably still alive. <laughs> Where you at? You rat bitch. Where you at? <laughs> cause that's your friend. You're a fucking conniving little dirt bag. <laughs> conniving little, no, literally. You fucking hillbilly bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Um, so yeah, David Parker Ray was sentenced to 224 years in prison. Um, and however, that's why your daddy's dead. <laughs> he only served a little over a year because he died of a heart attack while he was Good. incarcerated on May 28th, 2002. Yo, Jesse, bitch. Um, that's why your daddy's dead. That's why your daddy's dead. That's why you a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, for her role in the crime, Cindy Hendy was tried and sentenced to 36 years. What? She, however, only served 19. What? And she was paroled. On July 15th, 2019. So Cindy Oh my god, right before the vid? Cindy Hendy is out of prison. She fucking got out after 19 years. Um, Today, Kelly Van Cleve lives in Colorado. And Cynthia Vigil, she has since founded the Street Safe New Mexico Foundation, which is a volunteer harm reduction nonprofit that works with sex workers and other vulnerable people living on the street. And to this day, none of the bodies of David Parker Ray's victims have ever been found. So, like, where's Jesse and where's... What's her face? I didn't look into it. Jesse Ray's probably living in a fucking hole somewhere. Me, Cindy Hendy's probably living in a fucking hole somewhere. I'm about to Google it. But, yeah. Because people like that have to be registered, right? At least Cindy. I don't... It's like, they'll have, like, that they were convicted of a felony on their record. But, like, I don't think they made her register as a sex offender or anything like that. How do you spell Cindy Hendy? Um, C-I-N-D-Y-H-E-N-D-Y. Cindy Hendy. Yeah, I didn't look that far into it because at this point I was just exhausted. Hendy from- now lives in Hamilton after serving 18 years in New Mexico for her involvement. Hamilton, Hamilton Ontario? Hamilton County. Hamilton resident with Tyson. Oh, I'm like, Hamilton, Ontario? Is she like Canada? Frustration and worry on social media about having Hendy live close to a local school. What? In Montana. Montana. She's in Montana. Oh, she is in Montana? Mm. Fuck it, Montana. Yeah, I don't. I didn't look that far into it because I'm like, I'm so fucking tired of reading about these goddamn people. David. Um, yeah, I Parker really wish that David Ray Parker Ray would have been in prison longer because I really wanted him to get like his fucking shit rocked by some people in prison. Her name was Glenda Jean, right? Yes, Glenda Jean, but they called her Jesse, which how the fuck do you get Jesse out of Glenda Jean? Fucking weird redneck shit. Yeah, I don't know. Can you find anything about her? Like what she's up to? I would imagine that she doesn't live a very, like, um, out there life. She probably lays pretty low, considering who she is and what she did. And I think if anybody probably... Supposedly, like, she lives near or with her mom in Somerset, Kentucky. Kentucky! Still fucking hillbilly. <laughs> Once a hillbilly, always a hillbilly. So, yeah, that is the... But Cindy Hendy, she's in Montana. She's a rat bitch. Anybody in Montana, find that bitch and beat her ass. Literally. Um, Fuck her shit up. Same with Jessie Ray. If you're in Kentucky and you know her, beat her ass. Uh. (laughs) Her mama, too, just for being her mama. (laughs) (laughs) No, I kind of feel bad for, like, the mother, because I feel like if she was... I don't know. If she was fucking around with David Parker Ray, he was probably doing what she's her, too. That's probably why she left, though, because he was divorced four times. So clearly these women are like, mm, no, you're fucking weird. You still knew he was a weirdo and you still had a child with him. She probably just thought that he was a fucking weirdo. Look how majestic. Oh, puppy. It's Cisco. Oh, it's Cisco. Oh, yes, oh my God. Yes, moosh. Yeah. So that was the story of the Toy Box Killer, David Parker Ray. 
How we feeling after all that? <laughs> Audience, how you feeling after all that? All I gotta say is fuck them up, fam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this case was gnarly. Like, this is gross. Like, these people are fucking gross. I can't comprehend. <laughs> I can't comprehend. I cannot. My mind is my mind is not no mind. comprehension. No comprehendo. My mind does not understand any of this fucking shit. That rightfully so. I'm glad that my mind can't wrap itself around this. Stuff. Literally, same. Like I'm like, what? Yeah. What, what possessed you to do that? Some fucking. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've definitely had a thought in my brain about maybe possibly murdering somebody. Because they piss me off so bad. <laughs> I think you can understand which person yes. I'm talking about. I know exactly which person you're talking about. 110%. But what I actually... No. No. I've I had mean, the thought because, like, this individual is a fucking... Horrible, disgusting, Probably the worst person. human human being that I know on this fucking planet. Yup. But aside from serial killers. But aside, from, <laughs> aside from like actual serial killers. But what I actually in real life serial killers. But what I actually no. No. Maybe just hurt it's, to an extent. <laughs> 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 no, like I I don't know. I feel like every now and then people have thoughts like, oh I'll fucking kill that person. But it's like I feel like that is that's just like human nature, but like we don't actually act on those things. There's something broken. It's in like you Mr. Cannibal guy who's like, things. I was in kindergarten looking at this guy's thigh, right. like, mm, that looks yummy. So he's <laughs> fucking thigh, and he goes, to go, but I'm not gay. <laughs> Even though the first thought I had was I wanted to eat this boy's thigh. Like, you sure and I was that, like, five. You sure about that, bud? <laughs> black, 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 black. <laughs> Nasty. Ass. Fucking crusty. <laughs> Oh, you say Sagawa. What a fucking disgusting little horrible nasty man. The crust. Yo, so on another note though, um for those of you who listen, go follow the fucking Instagram. <laughs> and on the Instagram, you should let us know how you feel about t-shirts and hoodies. Yeah, dude. So go follow the Instagram. <laughs> And I hope you had headphones in, in the that. Of the, the audio, the audio <laughs> just spiked. <laughs> yeah, I no, yelled like, because honestly, y'all need y'all listen to this, and then don't go follow the Instagram. Yeah, just go please, follow go the follow Instagram. Instagram. Like we have a good time. It's TS and you can't you can't talk to us on here. You can't comment on it. So go to the Instagram and leave us comments. We want to know how y'all feel. Yeah, I want to talk to you guys. I I know you'll be there. I, I see you in the Y'all be stuff. creeping and being weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, maybe, like, go hang out on the Facebook page, too. It's TSR. You can leave comments there, too. Yes, you Let can. us know about the t-shirts and hoodies. Because yeah. we'll make more. Otherwise, we're just going to make them for ourselves. Yeah, I'm going to rock that merch. And mm-hmm. I'm, people are going to see that shit on the street. And they're going to be mad jealous that they don't have that fucking drip. So, right. Right. if you want the drip, hit us up and let us know. Because clearly a bunch of y'all like serial killers. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, for real, follow the Instagram. Um, We post photos relevant to all the cases. Um, Occasionally, if I remember, I'll do, like, coming next posts, but I've kind of forgotten about those. And if we end up making merch, we'll post pictures of that on the Instagram. Hell, yeah, we'll drop the shit on the Instagram. So definitely give it a follow at TSRH Podcast. T like Tom. (laughs) S like Sam. H like Henry. You forgot the R. Oh, fuck. (laughs) T... T like Tom, S like Sam, R like Roger, H like Henry, at 
podcast <laughs> at <laughs> Instagram.com. No. <laughs> at go follow the fucking Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we would really, really love to talk to you guys and get your thoughts on things like want to talk about the case anything you thought was crazy if you got case recommendations you can comment them on the instagram and we're already you know halloween's coming up and we want to do a halloween case if you guys have any suggestions for like a halloween case that yes, you want us to do love to hear it because i have one in mind but I, I feel like it's like a more well-known case and i mean like this is a pretty well-known case but like i try to do like a lot of things that like maybe haven't been covered by a ton of like other podcasts mm-hmm. so if you've got, like, a really obscure one that you think would make a good episode, hell yeah, let us know, please. You can email us even at tsrhpodcast at gmail.com, Ooh. or you can comment on the Facebook page or the Instagram. Let us know. Or, like, you know, just go fucking follow something. Like, <laughs> follow, go. Please, please. Just do it. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode has been long enough. Um, sorry. sorry (laughs) i hope any of you guys who did not want to hear those audio clips took my warnings and just skipped through it and for those of you who did listen to those audio tapes fucking prop to you because they're nasty seriously i wish y'all could have seen autumn's face when we were playing the one it was absolutely (laughs) you looked horrified um but yeah we will be back next week hopefully um with another episode don't know who i'm covering yet but i'm sure i'll figure it out we gotta do the other one Remember Toy Box or Oh, yeah, it's a Toy Box and Toolbox. Mm-hmm. Tool- I don't know if I want to do the Toolbox because that's going to be another two-parter, I guarantee it. Do you think um, so? Yeah, it's a long case and there's a lot of victims. Oof. Um, so I might do, like, a shorter one just to do a shorter episode because this one was fucking long. And the and the Toolbox Killers is another really rough case. Which, I mean, that's kind of the name of the game with this podcast. Oh, like, look, I finally got a fucking email about the fucking toll that I went through <laughs> back in fucking August. Oh, my. All right, well... <laughs> If you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate every single one of you. Autumn, do you have anything else you want to say to the people? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. no. Follow the Instagram. Yes. (laughs) And let us know about the merch so we can get on that. Yes, 110%. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate every single one of you, and we will see you in the next one. Um, Bye. Bye.